get set. Welcome, everyone. This is Tanya McInear of Bad Madge, and I'm your host of Vintage Picking with Bad Madge. And here we are on our 10th episode. It's been a fun year. It's December uh, 2023, and I can't believe this year is almost over. It's really gone by fast, and I'm excited that our podcast is now on our 10th episode. It was kind of a whim to put it together, and I've been getting a lot of great feedback and people listening, so thank you for listening. I really appreciate your ears and sharing with your friends and family about our podcast, and I'm always looking for new ideas and new people to bring on to the podcast. Um, Today I'm going to do a little bit of a review, so 2023, 2023 review, and Brian, our producer, is here, uh, Brian Cantrell, and so he might chime in, you might hear his voice, but we don't have a guest this uh, episode. I wanted to do a little bit of a review and kind of share with you some of the things that I have learned over the last year, and the good and the bad. But before I do that, I want to do our housekeeping. We always do our housekeeping and tell you some of the things that are coming up. Uh, Of course, we're in the heart of Christmas and we're in the sort of that home stretch. We always call it the home stretch. And it's been a busy week. Um, So Christmas Eve will be open 10 to 4 and then we are closed on Christmas. We'll be open on New Year's Eve from 10 to 4. And for the first time, I'm going to go ahead and uh, try being open on New Year's Day. So New Year's Eve will be closed 10 to 4, open 10 to 4. But on New Year's Day, we'll be open 11 to 4. Now, that's one of the things that I think in, in this review of 2023, I'm always learning. And I think that's really important as a business owner to continue growing and learning and pushing yourself to expand. And one of the things that I, I try to do a lot is talk to the other uh, businesses in South Park. So South Park is a small neighborhood. If you're not familiar with South Park and, and where we're located, we're in the heart of San Diego. It's only about 10 minutes away from the downtown area in San Diego. And we call it the hidden gem of San Diego. It's a small walking neighborhood. Uh, most of the homes are 20s, 30s, so craftsman homes. It's a beautiful neighborhood, very um, quaint There are a handful of retailers, all small mom and pop, lots of fantastic restaurants. And one of the things that the retailers, we all kind of share, we we are always helping each other. It's very much a community. Uh, It keeps our neighborhood safe and it also helps each other know about trends and things that are happening. We collaborate on events and things like that. So one of the things that I, I'm always looking at is, okay, how can I, you know, obviously one, make more money because I'm a business and I have bills to pay and mortgage to pay. But also, you know, how can I um, really take part in what's happening in the neighborhood? And one of the things that I hear uh, from some of the other retailers is that New Year's Day is one of those days where people are out and about and they're walking around and they're enjoying the, the, the neighborhood, but there's nothing to do because everything's closed. There might be some of the restaurants open and they're going to go to brunch with their family and friends and maybe they're a little hungover and they're just looking for something to do. So I'm going to try being open 11 to 4. Uh, Right near us is a fantastic vinyl shop, uh, Vinyl Junkies record shop. And I know the, the, the people that work there and the owner. So I was picking their brain and I said, hey, you know, are you guys going to be open on New Year's Day? And they're like, oh, my God, it's one of our best days. We really kill it. It's just a really good sales day. So I'm thinking, "Okay, I'm going to try it. And um, I recently did that on July 4th, and it was actually very uh, profitable. So, uh, you know, you got to try things. We'll see how it goes. So we will be open on New Year's Day. 
And then we have our annual big giant supersized sale, sidewalk sale coming up in January. Uh, it's January 12th through the 15th. We do three sidewalk sales a year. And the biggest one is of course in January. It's all the things that are left over from holiday. Uh, we're clearing house, getting ready for spring. And a lot of the other shops in the neighborhood will also be participating. Um, it's always a really fun event. We definitely get a lot of foot traffic in the store. And it's interesting as a small business, I always look at what, what works and what doesn't work. And having a sidewalk sale is a lot of work. It is so much work. Uh, you start with pulling things from the floor that maybe had been there for a while. Um, I've learned over time to try to have an idea of like, okay, length of time of pieces in the store. Um, clothing, we actually have the date on the garment tag, that the sales tag. So we have an idea of how long that's, that item has been on the floor. Also, you know, maybe some trends have changed in sales and you're thinking, okay, this piece is not really in trend anymore. I'm going to move this. I just want to get it off my floor. It also makes room for new items to come in because there's only so many, you know, square footage in your store. So you need to make sure that you have new fresh pieces for your customer to see. So that big sidewalk sale is a really good way for me to get rid of inventory that maybe been around a little while. Um, it's still great inventory, but it's, you know, and it also is money. You know, the longer something's sitting on your floor or sitting in your storage, it's not making money. It's actually money sitting there waiting to be made. So let's move it, get some cash flow. That cash flow is obviously important as a small business owner. It helps me pay payroll, pay rent, and obviously buy new product. So that's January 12th through the 15th. So before we get into like our main topic, I do want to offer, we're going to do a little raffle or I don't want to call it a raffle. We're just going to do a prize. Let's call it an opportunity prize. So if you want to enter, here's, here's the way it's going to work. So if you want to enter and you want to win the, the prize is a hundred dollars. It's a, it's a gift prize. And so you're going to want to go to our bad match Instagram. So go to the Bad Match Instagram and like this podcast post. This is episode number 10. So you have to look for episode number 10 and then like it. Make sure you like it. And then you're going to tag a friend. You'll go to our DM and you're going to message us code 2024 because, you know, we're going into 2024 and that will enter you to win. Um, and we will draw the uh, winner on the 28th. And if you don't live in San Diego, we're going to ship it to you. And it's a um, surprise prize. Uh, it's valued at $100. And if you live in San Diego, we can, uh, obviously we encourage you to pick it up. If you want us to ship it, we'll do that as well. So uh, make sure you enter our uh, podcast uh, prize for 2024. So it's the end of 2023 and we're moving into 2024. So if you are confused and don't know what to do, you can always just go on our Instagram and all the directions will be there. So tag a friend, like us on that podca podcast episode number 10, and then go into the DMs and message us the code word 2024 and you'll be entered. Can you, as an employee or a humble producer, participate in this? Because I'm like, I'm like thinking, hmm, maybe. Nice I don't know gift. if that's fair. Oh, okay. Well, that's what I was worried about. Brian. Okay. <laughs> well, every listener out there should take yes, advantage of that. Please that's take a great advantage deal. of that. Yes. And our numbers are definitely increasing. We're seeing that a lot, a lot of people are listening, and I'm really appreciative of that. So I, you know, I thank you for being a part of our new podcast this year. It's been kind of a fun uh, thing to do for me. I, I've been a teacher for tw over 20 years, so I think that 
you know, the the way to gab and be able to talk to people is is something I have as a good skill set. So how did our year go? That's going to be our story time machine. And the year has been, you know, it's up and down. I call it a roller coaster. Uh, Owning a store, owning a small business is very challenging. And there are obviously good and bad. That that's just part of business. And I also listen to podcasts. And some of the podcasts that I listen to, one of them is like Hidden Brain. I like Freakonomics. Um, I love um, This American Life. So I'm always listening to podcasts too. And some of the podcasts that I listen to, I you know try to learn something from everything that I listen to, and I might incorporate it into my life. And I think it was Hidden Brain. They did a whole thing on failure. And I really found it very profound and how important failure is to your career, to your life. And we really tend to put a negative connotation on failure. However, I feel like if we can really look at failure in a new light, and I think that's what I really took away from this uh, podcast that they had on failure is that, that that failure could really be a benefit to you and for you to learn from. And I feel like 2023 was, there was some failure on my part and I did try to learn from those things that I failed in. Whether it was not really, I, you know, I wasn't really prepared for third quarter. I think I had an idea of it, was it being a bit slower And, you know, we were riding the high of 21 and 22. Um, I think after, during COVID, obviously, was a very scary time for a retailer. And I was able to pivot and do a lot of things online. And it really, it really showed me that I have a lot of skill sets that I can use to make sure that my business continues. And one of them was I was able to pivot and sell on Instagram and do a Thursday night thing every Thursday. And I had a lot of people really love it. And I still to this day have customers come in and say how much Thursday night thing really meant to them and how much they look forward to. I had a client come in uh, during our walkabout and she lives in Huntington Beach and she came down to visit her family. And she was saying that Thursday night thing, our Thursday night thing on Instagram during COVID really saved her that she really found that it was one of the highlights of her week, that she really looked forward to it. It's like, it was her, it was almost like her favorite show. It was like friends to her. And she would go every Thursday night and get her cocktail ready and be prepared. And she's like, sometimes I'd even dress up. And just, it was, she's like, I made it an event for myself because there was nothing else going on. And that really made, that really made me feel good. It made me think, you know, what I'm doing is good and what I'm doing does reach people. And, you know, Thursday night thing has obviously changed a lot for me now because we're open. Everybody else is out and about and, you know, COVID isn't really, you know, know, in our mindset all the time now. I mean, during the heart of COVID, that's all we thought about. And now we're doing our normal life again. So, 2023 started, you know, pretty good. I think we had a pretty good start to the year. Um, But I already had noticed at the beginning, the first quarter, that there was definitely a slowdown uh, in sales. I think it, there was a lot of things that were a factor of that. I think number one has been inflation. That is really for us inflation, you know, people spending money, uh, having to spend more money on groceries. You want to jump in? Yeah. Yeah. 
for people who don't know what the Thursday night thing is, because if they're not following your yeah. Instagram or paying attention, maybe tell them about it because you're okay. still doing it now, right? Yeah, we're still doing it. So Thursday night thing came out of basically, you know, a complete frust- frustration. Um, you know, I was, I was desperate. Uh, the first week of COVID, okay, I was talking to uh, my team the other night about it, that that first week of, of COVID... I remember standing in my sunroom where all my clothes that I, you know, have here at the house, um, my house is also the operation center of Bad Match. So we have all our back stock inventory here at the house. And my sunroom is where I have all the clothing and accessories. And I was standing, I remember standing in the middle of the sunroom and crying. I was bawling my eyes out because I was like, how am I going to save my business? I didn't know what I was going to do. You know, we got closed down because that's what happened with COVID. Everything got closed down and we couldn't have customers in the store. And I really thought I was going to lose my business. And that's scary. You know, when you're paying your mortgage and you're, you're, you know, everything, all your bills through your business. And this is how I make a living. I didn't know how I was going to make it. I didn't want to lose my house. I didn't want to, you know, end up homeless. And so I just, that first week was really scary. I started posting on Instagram some of the things that I had here at the store. I was kind of just doing it. It was not really thought out very well. And then something dawned on me and I thought, you know what? What are the skills that I have? And I have to say that I was, I am a very good teacher. I know I was a really good teacher. And how I know that is that I got teacher of the year multiple times. My students loved me. I was a very good teacher. I knew how to teach. I know how to talk in front of a group comfortably. And I can be on camera. I was always the go-to person at the college where I taught for any PR or marketing or any TV interviews. So, I, you know, I was always comfortable in front of people. And I don't really get nervous. It doesn't bother me to talk on camera. I can be a, make, my, make, make a fool of myself and it doesn't really bother me. So, you know, I don't take my, I try not to take myself too seriously. Uh, so I felt like, you know, that's a skill that I can use to my advantage. So I came up with the first one was quarantiki. Oh, I like that quarantiki. So, that didn't stick. It did. <laughs> so quarantiki was our first Thursday night thing. And it was all tiki themed items. And here in Southern California, and uh, I think around the world, uh, especially in the US, tiki is super, super popular, very hot. Uh, there's so many collectors. I mean, in San Diego alone, I already know of like, th- there's a you know, number of really great tiki bars and just tiki in general. So I pulled together a bunch of tiki themed items and had our first Thursday night thing. I named it Thursday night thing and I sold tiki items and it was a hit. Yeah. So I realized, okay, I had something. So tell well, say what, what happens during so these So basically lives? Thursday night thing. How I long would, do they last? So for the first one, I can't remember the first one, how long it was, but there was times where they were like two hours. Oh wow. So it was basically like, think Ellen because I'm kind of kooky and crazy and a little bit of a comedian, and then meets QVC or okay. Home Shopping Channel. Yeah. So it was basically me showing items and people commenting on the on the um, feed or messaging us and saying, I want that item. And obviously at that time, we couldn't have customers come into the store. So I was shipping. I was, I was literally driving stuff to people's house. I would drop it off on their porch or they would literally pull up in front of the store, honk their horn, and I'd run it out to them. I mean, we were doing whatever it took to make it happen. Yeah. And it became a thing. And Terrence, our merchandiser at the time, he's very good on camera and he's really funny. And so he and I 
would we would prep so thursday night would be the the sale would like be at like six o'clock usually and we would start prepping on like tuesday and wednesday wednesday would be you know kind of our pull all the items we want to do we'd have a theme a lot of times it would maybe be like you know um i don't know africa or you know world theme or maybe we'd have handmade items or whatever we always had some kind of theme typically and i also had a lot of guest uh hosts that would come on other small businesses because i was trying really hard to help other people because they were hurting too a lot of these other small pickers you know that maybe had like a booth at a at a uh, shop or maybe they were in a antique mall or a consignment shop they were hurting because their stores weren't open either so i'd have some of those guests in had some great people come in as guests and they would you know sell their items as well so it was basically live on instagram and then we would save it and then people could comment through the week if they wanted something they could direct message us uh, you know and that was a way for us and we and i made it i was able to make it um i you know continued sales and obviously as things started to open up things started to wane and we weren't getting as many sales. Now I find that we don't really get too many sales off a Thursday night thing anymore. It's more of a marketing tool to remind people about us, show them what's in the store. It's a show and tell. It's a show and tell. Yeah. Um, you you know, know, my wife still watches does she? the Tanya show every Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll be sitting on the on the couch and she's always a, uh, she's a double screener, right? Okay. We're watching TV. That's funny. But then all of a sudden I, I hear your voice on there, you know, talking about things in the shop yeah and uh and i remember during covid it was you were the first person that i'd ever knew that did something like Mm, that okay and i just thought what a brilliant idea for a retailer to make lemonade out of lemons because really we had a lot of lemons going on we did and i think people were were depressed Mm -hmm. and i think one of the things i try to uh, do with my own personality is be really authentic mm-hmm. and not again try not to take yourself too seriously so just being authentic with people really they they really kind of drew were drawn to that and being myself yeah and and just having fun with the product and being enthusiastic about the things that i was selling i think that's really good um one of my friends valerie lee she has uh, chateau bellage and she is still doing every day she calls it a uh, fashion distraction and she is just so good at it she's one of my, was one of my mentors and is a friend and has her own store as well so she really is continuing it and it's basically how she is selling now she's not even open as much as she used to be her hours are very limited now so she her fashion distraction every day is really i think it's at two o'clock every day is a way for her to reach a particular customer uh for us really we went back to obviously normal hours and we have a regular store uh people coming in every day we're in a pretty uh there's a lot of foot traffic in south park so having those regular hours is really important so thursday night thing really helped me um, now it's you know definitely not as um, popular. We're only doing it once a month now because it's just not. I don't find that it's worth it for my time, and I'm a little burned out on it. You sure. know, yeah, it's it. You know, it's it was it was a lot of work. I'll be honest, but it was fun. I love doing it. So that was that was something that I found was really successful. And doing that uh, in 2023, I realized really wasn't in the cards anymore. And. You know, selling things on Instagram, you know, I hear uh, several different ways to look at Instagram. Some people say, oh, it's not, you know, not a selling platform. You know, don't look at it as a selling platform, looking at it as more marketing. I kind of do it, look at it as both for me. Um, We post things on Instagram because people want to see what we have. You know, we have a lot of followers. You know, I think we have over 13,000 followers. And it's not like we're 
blowing up and getting new followers all the time. It's just, it's very slow and organic, which is what I want. Um, I really feel like the people that are following us, they want to see what we have. They want to see the new products that come in. Um, you know, a lot of our customers are looking maybe for a particular item and that Instagram will give them an idea of the things that are in the store. You know, sometimes it's not super sexy. You know, it's like the Instagram can be really sexy and super curated and like you you know I one of one of the stores in the in the neighborhood threaded seed she's so good with her Instagram and it's very super curated and it's really beautiful and she's carrying new product so she has you know maybe 10 of something maybe she's showing a sweater and she has a full run of that sweater I don't I have one you know most of our items are one of a kind we do carry local designers and as well. We have Jennifer Grace. However, most of her stuff is limited run. The things that we typically carry from her are, you know, there's only a few of them. So it doesn't really make sense for me to do a lot of selling, you know, click through because of the time it takes for me to post something on a, on a, on the website or on the Instagram is to, you know, that's time away and takes away from the profit. So I have to be really careful of like what we're putting up there. Uh, Michelle is our e-commerce person. She handles all the, the posting now and, you know, I send her pictures and she posts it up there and, you know, we, we are regularly selling things through these platforms, but it's the foot traffic that's obviously going to be our, you know, bread and butter. Um, kind of off you know on a side tangent yesterday we had a gentleman come in and Michelle had posted this really beautiful it was I think it was from the 1940s it was a turquoise and sterling silver necklace and it was up on Facebook marketplace she had it on marketplace I think we had put it on our Instagram it's I think it was also on our website and the gentleman it was like over $400 the gentleman came in First, he saw it on on Facebook Marketplace, messaged us, asked about it. He came in, um, and the salesperson worked with him on the, the necklace, and he ended up spending even $100 more. So, you know, it was like a $500 sale. That's when you do a happy dance. Yeah. I'm going to tell you. That chain of steps and all the people that it took for that item to get up there, you know, you have to keep that in mind as a small business owner. Every time you touch something, it costs you money. Right. So taking a picture of it, doing the description. Um, Colleen helps me with pricing of our jewelry and she's super knowledgeable. She was gonna be our guest, but she's been sick. Uh, a lot of people have been sick this uh, last couple of weeks. So we'll probably have her on in January. Um, she, you know, she priced the piece. So she had to do some research. I took pictures of it, or maybe one of the team members took pictures of it. It got put up on the drive, so Michelle could then put it into the website and on Facebook Marketplace. So think about all the people that are now touched this item. So where did that item come from? Where did you find it? You know, I, I don't remember where it actually came from. It might have been in... Did you have it for a while? I think I had it for a while. Okay. And, you know, that's the thing about inventory is, like, for me as a picker, a lot of times you'll go to a pick... And, you know, a pick is basically a buy. Mm -hmm. And most of our items, because they're vintage and they're, and they're, you know, we're finding them typically at someone's home. I do find some things at like, you know, maybe an estate sale or I might go to Kobe's or swap meet here in San Diego. But I do most of my picking, uh, most of the buying from private customers, people that have contacted me. Um, this morning I got a call from a lady. Her mother was 90 and passed away. And she called me and I could hear the complete desperation in her voice. She says, I don't know what to do with all this stuff. And I have to be... I mean, it's... <laughs> 
be morbid, but I'm like, ooh, your mom died? Yay! That's awful to say. And of course, my condolences. And I gave her my condolences. But I'm thinking, ooh, what did she have? You yeah, know? Yeah. So it's horrible because it's kind of a two-double-edged sword. It's like you're sad for the person because they lost their mom. And I know what that's like because I don't have a mom anymore. But you're also thinking, ooh, I wonder what they have. You yeah. know, so they've got some good stuff. So she's going to send me some pictures. That's usually how I start. You know, send me some pictures. So I don't know where this necklace came from. It could have, it probably came from a private pick. Gotcha. Um, it might, you know, because in our sunroom, there's a lot of like, you know, items that, you know, Colleen is going through and she's, you know, she'll pull the box out and she'll sit there and go through a bunch of stuff and price it. Because she has the knowledge, she can price things pretty easily. And, you know, she'll use Google Lens and look things up. I mean, that's, that's now one of those tools and if you're a picker out there and you're listening you know google google lens if you're not using it you got to use it it's just one of those easy tools you point your phone at the thing and you take a picture and it tells you what the price is on the market you know you get a general idea you know you kind of have to go with your gut too because i know you know, if I see something on first dibs, I laugh because it's not going to be the price I'm going to put it because it's a ridiculous price. You know, first dibs is the, the highest of high of like, you know, exorbitant pricing. There's no way. I'm thinking my price is probably about a third of that. Okay. And then I'm going to pay about a third of what I'm going to price it at. So just to keep in mind, like I use this phrase, three to five to stay alive. So, three to five to stay alive. Three to five to stay alive. That is one of the rules that I try to follow. And my friend Nikki Starr, she was uh, she had a boutique years ago up in Rancho Penasquitos, and that she taught me that. Um, it's basically thinking about you have to mark as a small retailer, you have to mark up your item at least three times. So if I buy it for $10, I want to mark it up to at least $30. Really, in reality, I should go 50 because of the overhead that I incur from rent, payroll, taxes, all the things that cost me money to run my business, I have to be able to mark things up. And jewelry tends to be in that five range just because of the nature of the business. Can I ask you a novice yeah, question? Sure. What it, would it depend in your business on size as well? Because it you're talking about a store for, like if you're doing it out of your house and you're only selling through uh, Instagram or other means, but you have a storefront, so each square foot yeah. has to have a dollar amount yeah. that rotates through yeah. several times a year, right? So does that make a difference? Because jewelry sure. small, of course okay. it does. Of course it does. You know, and also if you're if you're doing Instagram or maybe you're doing Poshmark or Mercari and you're doing it out of your house, you don't have the kind of overhead I do. You know, I have so much more overhead than somebody who's maybe working out of their house. However, you still have overhead. Your gas that you had to drive to the thrift store. You know, the time you have to pay yourself. You know, if you're not including your own time to pay yourself, then it's, you know, you're, what are you doing? Um, you know, even just like the wear and tear on your car and the things you have to think about. Like, if you are storing things at your house, where are you storing it? That square footage in your house is for your business. So you can write that off. Um, you know, I think, you know, when you're picking things, you have to look at also like devaluation. Like if you buy something, and I'll use this as an example. We bought this sofa, okay? Matt went, Matt's uh, my lead sales guy, and he's awesome. He's amazing. I love Matt. And he loves to pick. He's a great picker. He's got a great eye. He really knows what the brand is like. He know, he's very similar in his style uh, to Bad Madge. So I really trust him. 
I sent him out. I said, go pick, go, you know, he loves going thrifting. I'm not a thrifter. I don't like thrifting. It's not my favorite thing. Um, I prefer doing one-on-one with customers. I really like that, that connection I make with customers. So he, I went out thrifting. He found, he found this sofa. I think it was at the Salvation Army in Santee. And he called me. He's like, oh my God, come. It's a great sofa. So I brought my, because I have a van. I have two vans. So I brought my van and it was a white sofa. So it's kind of like an ivory colored. Well, you know what? That sofa has not turned out to be so great. Oh, no. So we paid $50 for the sofa. Okay. okay. You think, oh, that's such a great deal, right? So in the, in the thrift store, it looked great. You know, I was like, okay, here's this awesome sofa. It's mid-century, low lines. It's really clean. You know, it, it looked really great. We got it, you know, loaded into the van, brought it home, put it in the garage, sat there for a little while because, you know, I'm always waiting for the next, like, you know, footprint. Like, how, where am I going to put this thing? Yeah, you need an open space. I have need an open space. So when something sells, I got to bring something new in. So I always like to have like back stock uh, inventory in the garage. But I, I've also learned you don't want too much because that's money just sitting in your garage. Okay, can I ask you a question? Yeah. When you do get something like that in, you brought it home, you're waiting for the spot. Do you take a picture of it and put it on Instagram right away or do you need it to be... Like, what's the method of operation? Both. Sometimes I just don't have time. Okay. Like, honestly, um, that did not get photographed. It, we didn't realize until we got it home that it really needed a good cleaning. I gotcha. Um, and that cleaning, oh my God. What? Did you this, find some coins at no, least? No, uh, the sofa itself, I think, must have sat in a house. It might have. I don't know if it had nicotine or not, um, but it just needed a really good clean. So we have a Bissell. We love the Bissell. It's a great little machine. I highly recommend it. Um, you can get them on Amazon or whatever. Or pick one up. Little the green machine. I love that little green machine. But you know the 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 cleaner costs money. Okay, the actual solution, and then the time. I don't have time. How long does it take to clean a sofa? That's the big question, Brian. Okay. Well, <laughs> the sofa yeah. because it was it's a large sofa. Okay. And Gloria was um, here. She is. You still have it. It's in the it's in the store. So is, somebody come okay. and buy this damn sofa. All right. Is it, it on Instagram? It's on Instagram. Okay. It is a beautiful sofa. Now that it's fully pro- what I would quote professionally cleaned, it's yeah. ready to go. How much is it? Um, I think it's it was originally eight ninety five. I think it's down to four hundred. So four hundred dollars. So it's already discounted so much. So basically, I'm not making any money on this sofa because of all the time you because had. Because all clean the it. time travel. Somebody listening needs to take this Somebody, off in his hand. And it's a gorgeous sofa. Yeah. Like I don't get it. Matt and I are standing there the other day, looking at the sofa. Go. Why is no one bought this? That's crazy. It's a big footprint. Okay. I think that's one of the reasons because it's a bigger sofa. It is a beautiful sofa. It needed to be professionally cleaned. Now, Matt is the king of cleaning. I'll tell you, man. Dude, he's awesome. He he went... So, Gloria had her learn how to clean, technically clean the sofa. Well, she it was first time, so she didn't really know what she was doing. I didn't have time to spend time to show her how, but I don't know really that much either because it's not something I do. I t- tend to delegate it. I just, I just don't have time. Yeah. You have to delegate as an owner. So, this sofa... I think we probably, uh, in in payroll, probably spent $300. Oh, wow. You know, because I had to pay. I paid Gloria. I think she spent almost two days on it, you know, because it's big. Mm-hmm. All the cushions needed to be clean because you had to, 
You have to clean it with a solution and then you got to rinse it and then you got to rinse it and you got to rinse it. And then you might even do it another time with a solution and rinse it and rinse it. You got to make sure all that solution and dirt is out so that the water is clear. If you don't, then you're going to have what happens is if the solution is still in that fabric, it's just going to draw more dirt to it. Mm. So we didn't want that. And Matt spent a whole day on it and he's really good at it. And when he spent another whole day on it, it still was dirty. It should go home with Matt since he found it. I know. He doesn't have room. <laughs> but now it's pristinely clean yeah. and it's ready to go. But I think it's be, it might be because one, the, I, I honestly think it's because it's it's a large piece. Gotcha. So, you know, a lot of the people in, in South Park and in our surrounding area live in much smaller homes. So it needs to go to somebody maybe up in like Poway with a bigger home, somebody that has a bigger footprint that they can put this sofa. It's a gorgeous sofa. So somebody come and get it. Yes. And if you hear this on our podcast, let us know. Okay, so that's one of those things that I learned that, you know, sometimes that lesson is like a class. Yeah. You know, you can't take a class in picking. I guess you can because I've been thinking about maybe I should offer classes. You should offer a class in picking because you have so much knowledge and you could – it doesn't matter what I would imagine that if you're mid-century or you're 80s or 90s or antique, you have the knowledge and the experience to – do a class. I think, yeah, that's one of the things that I think that's, for me, this is a very specialized business and teaching others how to do things makes me happy. You know, like Brian um, Musial, he just opened his store, Oats General, and we had him on the show a few episodes ago. And I'm really excited for him because he's opened his own store. I've been really helping him, showing him, trying to, you know, really give him lots of insider information so that he's successful. You know, I want him to be successful. I want other businesses to be successful because small business is the heart of your community. And if your small businesses are doing well, your community's safer, it's more vibrant, you have a lot better of a community when you have good small businesses. And if he draws clients in that like this uh, secondhand, basically, is what everything is, right? So if you can... Each of you gaining more customers that have purchased this yeah. way and these types of products only helps you. There's no competition here. Absolutely. Because everything's a one-off. It's not like well, you're selling against each other for the same white um, sofa, know, sofa yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we both of us, and I encouraged him to carry new things as well. Mm. Because you have to, in my business, I found, you know, there are some purists out there, which I admire them 100%, if they're just selling vintage. For me, I have to have new items as well. Retro items that look vintage. If I didn't, I would have never made it. Um, you know, having local designers, you know, having the retro sunglasses, having the things that are going to pull people in. And then they get accustomed to vintage and they get accustomed to use. I overheard a woman and I just wanted to strangle this lady. Oh, no. She came into the store with her daughter, uh, just as was over the weekend, uh, you know, because we're in the heart of Christmas shopping and people are shopping. And a lot of people that are discovering our store for the first time, maybe they've never been in before. And the woman's like, oh, it's all old stuff. And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's old stuff, but it's rad, you know? Um, And the daughter was looking at a wallet, a dead stock wallet. And dead stock means that it's vintage. But it's new. It's never been used. Right. It was so, in somebody's warehouse for the last 30 or 40 years. Yeah, and it just, or yeah. it was in their drawer. This mm-hmm. was a wallet that the guy had probably bought mm-hmm. and never used. It even had the original inserts and everything. Oh, yeah. So it was a vintage wallet, but it was vintage, but it was new. Gotcha. So we call that new old stock or dead stock. 
Um, you'll hear the phrases. And the daughter was super excited about it. And she's like, oh, I think, you know, whatever her boyfriend, Jerome or Joe or whatever his name was, is going to love it. And she's like, why would you? And she had this look on her face, this disgust. Why would you buy that old thing for Joe? And she's like, she looked at her mom. And the, and I, if I could have recorded the, the interaction, <laughs> it would have been awesome. But she's like, he will appreciate it because it's vintage, because it's old. Wow, I'm glad that she stood up for she herself did stood, and her She did st- stand up to her mom, which I thought that was great. But I think younger people are realizing more and more, especially the young generation, that vintage and thrifting and 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 used is the the solution to us surviving this capitalism. Like we are so over consuming new items all the time and it's filling up our landfills, it's filling up our oceans, and that crap is just drowning us Mm. so you know my friend uh sophia she has a instagram called make good and she finds gently used items at the thrift store and i'm going to tell you sophia is so talented and she finds such good stuff and she has such a strong loyal following um of of women because it's mostly women that are buying from her of clothes that she finds. And she it just, it, she's making a great living. Her daughters are helping her. She lives up in Santa Barbara and she's, I think she has two live sales a week. I think she does Tuesday and Thursday. I think don't quote me, but go These on. These are Instagram live sales yeah, as well. Instagram yeah. live sales. So she does her Instagram kind of like my Thursday night thing. And she's so great. And she really knows the, the, the stuff, her items that she's buying. She knows the brands and she's buying new brands typically. Mm-hmm. So her stuff is not normally vintage. She does carry some vintage, but she just, I think that more and more uh, people are realizing that just because it was worn once or twice, a lot of times she finds things with brand new tags on them yeah. that were never worn. Like what a shame. Why should you buy some new, I went into Target the other day to buy a foot uh, bath massager things because I have some foot, I have a foot injury and I needed one of those foot baths and I'm like, where am I going to get one of those? I've been looking at th- at the um, at estate sales, but I haven't seen one. I'm like, okay, I just have to buy a new one because I need this thing for my foot. And I was at Target and I was looking at all the crap that's at Target, like all these you know, t- decorations and all this stuff. And people just keep buying this stuff. Like there's so much good vintage or slightly used stuff that's out there that needs to get bought. Like, why are we rebuying all this new stuff? And I, I you know, I get it. Like we are a consumer, you know, society. And, but think about maybe buying some things that are vintage or new or, or, you know, slightly used thrifting. It's just a whole thing now. I mean, there's so many people that discovered thrifting over COVID and young people that are going in to the thrift store and and flipping items. There's good and bad to that. And I want to say the good obviously is, um, you know, we're saving things from the landfill, right? You know, you're buying something and it also has created a whole nother economy you know, this this thing, thought of like, okay, that item, you know, was loved, used, and then it was donated. And mm-hmm. then that store, whether it's the AMVETS or the Goodwill or wherever, that store is making an income off of it to pay their employees. And unfortunately, like Goodwill, their, their CEO makes millions, which I'm not, I don't even go down that road right now. But, um, you know, a lot of these great chari- charities, like, you know, to me, my favorite is the disabled veterans. I love that thrift store. I donate to them anything that I'm not going to keep. And I like giving to that that organization because it's helping disabled veterans. Right. Um, 
kids go in there. I see, you know, I I can spot a picker. Yeah. In the thrift store. I'm right. like, they're a picker. They're a picker. You can tell by the way they're shopping mm-hmm. and what they're putting in their basket that they're going to they're gonna flip it. Okay. So they're going to get home. They're excited about it. They, you know, they have, maybe they looked it up on Google Lens, you know, they or they already know by the brand or what they've already sold that they can make some money off of it. They get home. They take pictures. They put it up on their Mercari or they put it on wherever they're selling it, Poshmark, on eBay, wherever they're selling it, and they're flipping it. They're making money off of that. Right. Maybe they're college students. Yeah. Maybe they're a stay-at-home mom and they need an extra income because it's so expensive to have a life right now. And, you know, inflation. So I think that's wonderful because people are saving things that would have been thrown away. And right. I, I can't remember. It's like 70 or 80% of what we donate goes to the landfill. Oh, my goodness. Still. To the landfill still, huh? Interesting. I mean, the, 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 the percentage is extremely high. Wow. Now, I, I think that that... Because it's probably broken or... Uh, yeah, yeah, or just, just people don't want it. Or yeah. unfortunately, then it's... Or going to a third world country, yeah. you know, and you, you see all these, these you know, uh, videos on Instagram of people, you know, talking about that. Like, I think more and more young people are realizing that we really have to make a, a shift. And buying vintage and, and thrift and used is really the, 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 the direction we should be going. Um, and the more people that are accepting of a vintage item or a thrifted item as a gift, like th- for Christmas, like this woman, like, oh, why would you give that as, a, you know, why would you give something old? To me, that's like, oh, my God, they really thought about it. And it's something unique. Um, the bad, I think, with thrifting is that the thrift stores, especially like Goodwill, they've really caught on that, you know, kids are... People are flipping stuff. Their prices Their are more pricing are prices are going way up. Yeah. And I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like they're gouging now. And unfortunately, it's pushing people out of thrifting. But wouldn't it... Uh, I mean, look, all the... Uh all of those types of things happen in all industries where, yes. you know, you have an ebb and a flow, it but eventually it, it'll push out the people that can't make a living at it or don't want it. Right. it doesn't, and then it'll drop back down again and they'll you would hope. go on sale. It, you would hope. It'll I, snap I, back. I hope. I hope. Yeah. And like, I went to the Disabled Veterans is the thrift store kind of closest to me and it is my favorite. I love mm-hmm. it. It's, it's the big T. There's a yeah. giant T. I mean, Tanya, the big T. I yeah, mean, yeah. it's just, okay. you know, it's like perfect. <laughs> I love that there's this giant T on top of the building and I'm like, it's calling to me. Um, so the other day I just dropped by. I was like, you know, in the neighborhood, I went and got my car washed. I'm like, I'm going to go by the, you know, the, the Disabled Veterans. So I stopped by and I was looking for furniture because I was really, I'm really in need of furniture right now. And I popped in and I saw a desk. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the desk, you know, full transparency. I paid twenty dollars for this desk. Okay, that's a happy dance. That's a happy dance. That's a happy dance. Like, I mean, it's a little beat up. It's gonna need some work. You right. know, I try not to buy too much. I'm not a refinisher. That is not what I do. Okay. When I first started the business, I really did a lot more uh, refinishing and like upcycling and stuff. I don't have time for that. I cannot do it. It does. It's not profitable for me. I need to spend an hour at the most and move on. Okay. Um, you know, I'll go get some Howard's. That's a great product. Highly recommend it. Howard, what's a Howard's? Howard's is a refinishing a stain. Okay. You use uh, four zero the four zero uh, steel wool. Mm-hmm. Put some Howard's on it. It's wood. You just use that and you get it on there and then you wipe it off with some paper towels and it's ready to go. Oh wow. You know, if it has like a big bird mark or something on it, I sell it as is because one. 
the cost of refinishing and the time of refinishing, I just don't have that in, sure. in the, my business model. Gotcha. There are a lot of people that are doing that and I, I just admire them so much because they have that ability to refinish something and bring it back to its original glory. Well, good for you because I know how much time that takes. Yeah. And the knowledge and the physicality of it is a lot of work. So I just don't do that. That's just not my business model. I found that it's just not profitable for me. So typically I want to spend maybe an hour. The sofa was an example of why I shouldn't do it. Like it, if I had looked at that sofa maybe a little closer, I would have probably said, let's not buy this. Yeah. Because I would have seen that it really needed that cleaning and it was going to take time. Again, you didn't, I didn't know it was going to take, you know, three days, full days of cleaning this damn sofa. Um, but so I bought the I bought the desk for 20 bucks, okay? And it's going to need some work, you know. It's probably going to be a couple hours, I'm going to say at the most. But then I've got, you know, I had to had to transport it, get it out of my uh, car, get it into the garage. So there's steps, you know. So every step is going to cost you money. Every time you touch that desk, it's going to cost you money. Um, then, you know, getting it photographed, getting it measured, making the tag, make, you know, doing the barcode, all of that is steps. So, you know, once it goes into the store, it's a very cute desk. Um, it's mid-century. It's a smaller desk, which I like the size because people are always looking for smaller ones. Okay. Um, you know, I don't know yet how much I'm going to price it until I do a little research. Uh, probably I'm going to guess like maybe $295, $300. So it's a real, there's a nice profit on that. Right. Yeah. Okay. So while I was there, I looked over and I saw the this section of coats at the thrift store. And I looked and there was like this faux fur coat. And they had like $50 on this coat. At a thrift store. At a thrift store. And, and it I'm, wasn't even real fur. I'm like, what, what crack pipe are they smoking? That's crazy. Like there's no way. I would maybe pay $10 for that. Right. For that. The but, they, but they're businesses. I mean, they're... They're businesses as well, but I think... No, but um, what I th- my thought was is eventually, if it doesn't sell at 50 bucks, that thing is going to... Oh, it's going to get marked down. Yeah, for sure. sure. And I also have to think, who is pricing it? Yeah. Because sometimes I think, you know, when they hire people, those people that are, that are hired, they're maybe not super knowledgeable maybe about furniture, but they're mm-hmm. more knowledgeable about you know, fashion. Yeah. So it all, I think there's a lot of like, you know, you have to, you have to keep looking. Right. You know, when you're at the thrift store. This is the picking. This that's is the picking. Right? Yeah. yeah. Picking is, you know, it's, it's hit or miss. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes. If I, you could go there and it's like yeah. a wholesale store for people that run stores or sell, have businesses, that's not, that's not what it is, right? No, it's not. Yeah. And, you know, there's definitely people in there that, like I said, I can, I can definitely, you know, say, oh, that guy, that person's a picker. Do you ever think about like hiring them for the store? I like, actually have. You have. I have never actually approached anybody, but yeah. I've thought of that. Yeah. Like maybe I should, but I have enough of my team that, that sure. do a good job. So I think, you know, seeing the, the downside of the cost at the picking downside, you know, like thrift stores have definitely gone way up. So yeah. that's kind of something, you know, in a review of 2023, we've definitely seen, you know, an increase in cost at thrift stores. And also I think people are, you know, they're using uh, the internet to price things before sure. they contact me. Yeah. And, you know, I think sometimes people get upset with me when I say like recently I had a lady send me some pictures of some rattan side tables. Mm-hmm. I zoomed in, I saw that they had some damage, not terrible, yeah. 
But she's like, you know, I said, I try to say, you know, how much do you want for that item? So I can get an idea of what they are yeah. thinking. She's like, oh, I saw them on yes. okay. the internet right. for $150 each. Mm-hmm. Well, I already know I'm not going to get that out of those tables. I might, maybe I'll get like $80. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know, I probably would offer you 20 to 25. Mm-hmm. Again, I've got to put some time into them. Yeah. Okay, one, that's first. I already know I'm going to have to drive to her house, yeah. pick them up, bring them home, do a bunch of stuff to them, take pictures of them, do barcode, and do And still tech, need a markup to make and money. And st- still have a markup. So if I'm going to sell them for 80 or $85, again, there's that three to five. Yeah. So she said, oh, I'll pass. Which I get. Look, yeah. I totally get that. Sure. Like she wants to make more money off of them. But I'll tell you, many times the person circles back because they realize that the time that it's going to take them to post it on Instagram or post it on Facebook or post it it on OfferUp or wherever they're putting it, Mm -hmm. it that takes time. Yeah. And I have a And then they're going to deal with people giving them offers and then having to come to your house. Or Or ghosting you. Yeah, meeting. (laughs) The ghosting. You show up at a Panera Bread with your thing and then they never show up either. Exactly. I mean, we get a lot of ghosting. That is something I think has really become a a real problem. Mm -hmm. The, The... rudeness of people they just they don't they don't just say hey i'm not interested anymore or you know i changed my mind or takes two seconds to send that message recently i was going to buy a dresser and i was thinking about it and then i messaged the person i said i'm sorry i changed my mind i i'd rather do that at least then the person isn't waiting for me to you know read to message them or show up or whatever um i did go and see some furniture last week some uh, lady nearby she was not that far it was like 15 minutes but again Again, my time, I had to drive to her house, my car, you know, I got there, I, in the pictures, you couldn't really tell, it was on offer up, and I was like, I don't know, it's really hard to see, like, what the, they were mid-century, I got there, and the color of the furniture was really, it was kind of an interesting, um, I don't even know how to describe it, it was, they were mid-century design, but the color of the, the, the wood, was like a laminate, and it was a really unusual color, and I was like, mm, that's going to be tough, because it had quite a bit of damage on one of the door, doors, and it's not like I could just grab Howard's and my steel wool and make it look good, it wasn't going to happen. Too bad. Also... It was missing several of the hardware, the knobs. Oh, wow. And she had replaced it with some weird, totally didn't even match at all. She's like, oh, you can easily, you know, get new uh, hardware for that. I'm like, I looked at her. I'm like, you know, an easy lady. (laughs) (laughs) One, if you wanted to match that exact hardware, good luck. Yeah. You know, you might maybe find it on eBay if you're lucky. Or a hard, you know, a, a maybe like architectural salvage, which unfortunately. But it'd be different if you wanted it in your house. You'd exactly. go to the effort, but it, I would go to the case. effort. But there's no, yeah. then there's no meat on the bones. Right. There's no, there's no margin. There's no profit. So I said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm gonna, you know, because I've learned again by yes. by trial and error. Uh, you know, driving up to San Diego Hardware in Kearney Mesa and looking for hardware. Hardware is expensive. Yeah. You know, if you want, if you can find it on eBay, that exact one, good luck. That's a lot of work. And then you got to wait for it to come and make sure it's the right thing. Uh, or two, if you're going to replace all of the hardware, that's going to cost me over $100 just oh, wow. to replace the hardware. So it wasn't worth it. And I said, I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to pass. So is this your challenge with, 
furniture is yes. like all of these little things. So that's yes. why it's hard to get it and yes. have it in the store. Yes. But yet you still see the value of having it in the store because yes. it's sells. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you it's know. It's a lot more work than it's more buying work. a record or. Uh, oh, for yeah. sure. And yeah. there's definitely, obviously there's more margin too, where sure. you're going to make more money. Mm-hmm. You know, in the end. These it's are like, the higher ticket items. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I'm a generous person. I find that I'm not. Like, obviously, I want to make money, and I get excited when I make a big chunk of money off of one thing. But then there's all the other losses that you have to remember. Like, there's this other times where you bought something, and it was it was a loss. Mm-hmm. So you're going to learn those things. You know, sometimes I'll buy something, like I, I bought a fur, and, you know, I think, okay, this is a great piece, and then it has a tear. Oh. To get it repaired is ridiculous. So yeah. you're just going to have to take it as a loss. Yeah. So I think we're kind of running out of time here. We're going to get into a too long of a podcast. But, you know, I think I kind of rambled a little bit. Extemporaneously, that's the word for today. I like that. Um, you know, sourcing has been a, a challenge. Also, I think the real thing that I've learned this year is that we're back to 2020 in the in the growth of my store. Meaning, how do you, how do you see that? So, like, when I look at my... Uh, you know, profit or the sales numbers, because I'm always looking at sales numbers. Yes. Where are we at? Numbers, numbers, numbers. It's always about numbers. And unfortunately, that I trust me, I hate it. I hate it with a passion. I don't want to ever think about numbers. I'm not a numbers person. It is not my thing. However, if I want to continue my business and be profitable, I have to look at them. Yes. And know that that is part of the business is looking at the numbers and doing the bookkeeping and looking at my profit and loss and and making sure I'm getting my bookkeeper the 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 you know the the paperwork that she needs, my bank statements and all that stuff because then I can get a sense. If I take out 2021 and 2022, which I consider those COVID anomaly years. Like pent up demand kind yeah. of things. Well, 2022 was pent up revenge demand. Revenge shopping. Revenge shopping. Like this crazy revenge shopping. People were throwing money at us. Mm-hmm. I thought 2022 was just, it was insane our growth. Okay. And then all of a sudden we dropped off a cliff. So 2023, uh, first quarter was kind of eh. It was good at the beginning, like January's pretty good. You know, February, March was, eh, I was already seeing it. I was like, oh, it's not looking good. Summer was pretty good. We were pr- we were pretty good. Summer is always kind of a good time for us because we're kind of a tourist destination. Oh my God. Third quarter, you said it was not good. Third quarter was horrific mm. to the point where I was like, I think I'm going to have, I'm going to lose my business. Oh no. It was bad. Um, we dropped off a cliff, like after Labor Day. And I already told my team, I'm like, look, you know, September's always really slow. October's always really slow. But it was bad. I think inflation, I think, you know, there was a lot of factors that have kind of played into this. You know, the market is pretty saturated now. Uh, People's mindset, have you know, were really distracted. But I really think that inflation was the big factor. You know, it's just really expensive. And San Diego is... um, recognized as the most expensive or most unaffordable city in the country then they should be buying secondhand exactly yeah (laughs) so you know and then i made some changes i you know i I made some very specific strategic changes changes changed some of my consignment um i only have a handful of consigners and i had to get rid of a couple of them i just it just wasn't working because i wasn't making enough and when i'm looking at my numbers 10 percent of it 
can be consignment. The rest has to be bad match. Things that I find and I flip and I turn. Gotcha. Um, adding a couple of new local vendors, I added Mad Kitchen. What's that? Uh, Mad Kitchen is a local artist. She does tea towels, posters, stickers, and her stuff is so hot. Really? People love it. It's mm. really... Um, is that on your Instagram feed? Um, we did do a post for her. She made, was on our Maker Monday. She's just really talented. Her name's Madison. Very talented artist. And I like carrying local designers too in yeah. my store because it really you know fits our brand. Yeah. And that, her brand just... I mean, I've ordered it multiple times since I tried it. I was oh, like, oh, I was kind of hesitant. I was like, I don't know, you know, is this going to work for us? And it just flew. And people really like it. It's little posters of San Diego, posters of South Park, which people love. It's, mm-hmm. it's It has this nostalgia to it. It fits the brand and it sells really well. Great. So that, that was one of the things that I was like, okay, I've got to try this out and see if it's going to work. Also, I've noticed like it's harder for me to find furniture. So I'm starting to look at other kinds of furniture, not just mid-century maybe a little bit of postmodern um and then maybe you know sometimes i just have to like say okay maybe i'll put a clothing rack in that spot where a a dresser used to be right so just trying to find different ways of you know filling the holes um this year we're definitely down um i think we're probably down overall we're going to be maybe 20 percent from last year down but last year was you that's what i'm saying so, so we were so up yeah. so if i take 21 out and 22 mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. and i look at 2020 mm-hmm. we would be up about 10 percent from okay. 2020 which is where i want to be all right but the other side of that is the cost of doing business has gone up dramatically you know, cost of payroll, insurance, all the things from bags and tissue, electricity, ridiculous. You know, when it's hot, we have to run the air conditioner. So my cost of running the business has gone up. So we're kind of flat. And I just think that, you know, being realistic about my business is important and knowing like, okay, where am I at? Where do I want to go? And understanding the numbers and the things that you know sometimes that's those are hard decisions to make like having to let go of some of those consigners and saying it's just not working anymore yeah or having to change the you know because it's like a 50 50 with um my team one of my consigners i had to do a 60 40 with because she brings in so much jewelry and i just told her like maybe you have to come up a little bit on your pricing because you still want to make that amount that you're looking to make on the item, but I I have to get sixty percent of that. Yeah. Because of my cost. You have overhead. Yeah, my overhead. She has no overhead. I mean, every sheet of tissue cost me five cents. Yeah. Even a little jewelry box, you know, sometimes mm. I have to charge people fifty cents for that jewelry box because it cost me like fifty cents. And you know, cash is king, man. When people pay with cash, they're like, Oh, do you take cash? I'm like, Yeah, I love cash <laughs> because it doesn't cost me the a fee. 3% or yeah, more. Yeah, that fee. Yeah. So anyway, I think we're kind of running out of time. Um, you know, okay, I, well, before you go, what okay. what are the opportunities for next year then? So 2023 was a lot of learning and A lot changes. of learning. I think 2024, I'm definitely going to, you know, really look at what worked in 2023, mm-hmm. like the consignment, you know, piece. That's yeah. big. Also looking at the brands, like there's, you know, one brand that I'm looking at. I'm like, okay, is this rail that i'm that i've that i've got hanging here these clothes is it worth it for me to give this entire rail to this brand and i w- i've been looking at the numbers and I, m- I may cut it in half okay because i think th- that square footage you know 
it, it costs me money. So if right. I'm not really making enough on it, it's not worth for me to keep that whole rail allocated to that one brand. And, you know, it's nothing personal. It's about numbers. Yeah. And if you can take the personal out of it, it makes it much easier to make that decision. Right. Um, really getting better about my numbers and really looking at the profit and loss and also one of the number one things I did in 2023, which I am so proud of myself, is I've gotten through a lot of the inventory that was just sitting in my garage, mm. sitting in my sunroom, and we've priced it, we've put it in the store, and I pulled back from buying. And, you know, because it's buying is the funnest part of the whole damn thing. Right. It's going and finding stuff. The picking, that's the why. The picking. You, yeah. And also being a lot more conservative of what I'm buying and really thinking about, is this going to sell? Can I sell it quickly? And if I already currently have inventory in my garage, what am I doing? Right. Why, why add to it? Why keep adding? I really push myself to get through that inventory. Yeah. I still have, you know, a, a substantial amount in my garage, but I have made a huge dent. I'm very proud of myself. It is a lot of work. To go through those bins, price stuff, clean stuff, wash stuff, you know, look it up. I mean, there's a lot of process. So that I feel like moving forward is really keeping conservative what I'm buying, looking at what's selling, looking at the numbers, looking at those um, reports. I'm, I look at my sales every single day, all through the day. I'm yeah. constantly looking at my, my, my phone and seeing what's selling. And, you know, blow molds. I bought all these blow molds in 2022 thinking they were going to sell they didn't sell so i i stored them in my shed for over a year and then i brought them out again this year and i had to cut them all in half price wise and even some of those i cut even in half so i'm losing money on those blow molds but i want them gone yeah <laughs> Yeah, I get you. Because there's holding their inventory sitting in right. my garage. That is money that's not being made. It's it's storage mm -hmm. that I you know. There's a value to the storage. Value and that I have to put a value on. So blow molds in 2021 and 2022 sold really well. Mm -hmm. We talked about blow molds last episode, and they did sell really well. And we had a lot of them, and they were really great. But the the market is not where it was last year. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, I really learned a lesson. You know, I had these awesome pieces. They were too priced too high. People weren't spending like they did in 2022. So, you know, you just make, you just, you have to learn. Right. Theft. We've had some more theft. We used to have a rail out in front of the store. And, you know, I'm not doing that anymore because we've literally had people walk by and just pull stuff off the rack and oh, wow. run down the street. Oh, geez. So can't do that. You know, it's like, so we had a coat pop up this past weekend and I had to have one of my salespeople out front sitting out there the whole day with all those pieces so that nobody stole things. Yikes. So those are just some of the things that I've learned. I think, you know, also um, collaboration, having good collaboration with other vendors and like the sidewalk sale, you know, doing things with other vendors, having pop-ups with other stores. And I'm back to where before COVID, we always offered a beverage. When people came in, you got a glass of water, oh, some yeah. lemonade. Right People now, were opposed to it during COVID. Yeah, we didn't, didn't do it during the, COVID yeah. because we couldn't do it. Right. Um, but now we're back to it. Oh, the, nice. uh, during the holidays, we always do hot cider. Yeah. People love the hot cider. Yeah. It's very tasty. It, it smells really good in mm -hmm. the store. And it's just a it's just a little kind of nice little... Warm uh, fuzzy. Warm fuzzy. It's using those five senses in your retail store. And, you know, people 
people like that. Uh, there is some reciprocity to it, of course. You're giving something to somebody. You know, they're more inclined to want to stay and shop. Yeah. That is makes it feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we even offer champagne or mimosas on the weekend. So mm-hmm. it's been uh, bringing that back. Really so if you haven't been to Bad Match before and you're listening to this, you have to come in. You have to come in. Right? This is an yes. experience that you don't want to miss. Exactly. So we've kind of gone over our time. But, uh, you know, join us, obviously, every month at the third Thursday of every month. We drop the newest episode. So the next one will be January 18th. And of course, please email me or, or uh, you know, some questions or comments. And I want to thank Brian for being our podcast uh, producer. Because, I mean, it wouldn't happen without you. So I appreciate it, Brian. Well, it's fun. I, I'm glad that uh, the base of people who are enjoying this keeps growing yes. and your uh, brand keeps getting out there. And I like the idea of you trying your hand at doing classes for people who are in this business. So I'm thinking about that. If you're interested in that. Even if it's just retail, they don't even have to be pickers or secondhand. It's, you know so much about retail yeah. over this time I, I uh, do. that you've had these experiences and it's a wealth of knowledge that yes. could help people. And I'm always learning. I'm mm-hmm. always, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Yeah. Failure is incredibly important. Um, and use it as a tool. And I think using, um, you know, failure as a, as a positive, right. like, Hey, I failed at this thing. What did I learn from it? What was, what was the, you know, the outcome of that failure? Um, you know, and if, if you fail on something, you can really reflect on it. Right. So, you know, feel free to send me an email or any questions or comments. Uh, the email is badmadgepodcast at gmail.com. So B-A-D-M-A-D-G-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Badmadgepodcast at gmail.com. And of course... You know, uh, hit us up and like us and comment. And don't forget, it's really important. Subscribe. That's really important. And it helps us, you know, grow the show and be discovered by new people. Um, I know a friend of mine, Bart, he said he's been listening. And he lives up, I think, in Washington. He's uh, up the coast. And um, it was exciting to hear that he's been listening. And it's always like, oh, wow, you know, this is a person I've known for 30 years. And he's been listening regularly. And he gets to hear my voice or whatever. So, yeah, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it everybody and you know happy new year to all of you stay safe be safe be kind to each other and we'll see you in the new year thank you so much i'm tanya mcinear bad badge